Well, a teacher is recording herself laughing about bringing political unrest to her school by pushing pronouns, showing up with purple hair, and mocking the Bible. And at the same time, the news is reporting that nearly 350 K-12 educators were arrested on child sex crimes in 2022. We've got a lot to talk about when it comes to education. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, I know that I spend quite a bit of time here at the podcast talking about education. And every once in a while, I hear from some of you who are um, considering taking your kids out of the public school. You're still kind of on the fence about it. And I just want to talk turkey with you guys for a little bit today. So I took my kids out of the public school system a long time ago before it got just as crazy as it is right now. I don't even recognize the school system anymore. People have been asking me if I would consider running for a seat like OSPI. The answer is no, because I do not think that the public school system can be saved. I think it needs to be dismantled. I think it has become a tool of modern day communism in the United States. And in fact, my friend, David Fiorazzo is going to come on the show with me tomorrow and we're slated to talk about the uh, those war of the worldviews. You know, how did, how did the most free, prosperous nation in the world become a nation that is teetering on the edge of communism being uh, commonplace here in this in this amazing uh, country that I call home? And the fact is, is that education is the front line for the hostile takeover of the war against this nation. It really is. And if you don't see it yet, I don't know how I don't know how to convince you, but I'm going to give you a couple of headlines and we're going to talk about the public schools for a little bit today because I have um I am becoming I guess increasingly concerned and frustrated for lack of a better word by parents who just do not want to see what's happening. And we'll we'll give our kids a sack lunch and Put them on a yellow school bus and send them to the front lines of the war. You know, here you go, kiddo. I got your peanut butter and jelly sandwich for you in there and and uh, and a, a juice box. And mommy will pick you up at 3.30. And then we send them to the front of the culture wars, to the front line, where they're literally being assaulted, body, soul, mind, and spirit, five days a week, uh, eight months out of the year, nine months out of the year. And then we wonder why we're losing our country. Well, we're losing our country because we're losing our children. And I hear the left and, uh, you know, the, the progressives screaming and yelling every single day about our, our natural resources and screaming and yelling about climate change. And I'm here to tell you that the greatest natural resource that any country has is its children. And we are assaulting our children. Now, I'm going to be talking about this in length tomorrow with my friend David Fiorazzo. We're, all go- we're also going to be talking about the Rona. And I want to let you guys know something, a little change that has come uh, here, some of you guys have noticed it. We've sort of been soft stepping it a little bit, but we have decided that um, any of the podcasts really that I end up talking about what's happening with uh, the Rona, we are not going to put onto YouTube. YouTube censors us and they'll strip my my podcast down off of their platform. And so if you want to continue to hear my podcast completely uncensored five days a week, the a podcast platform, Spotify, Apple, wherever you can hear podcasts, that's the place to do it. And some of my videos, uh, we just aren't putting up on YouTube because I keep getting dinged and I'm frankly tired of it, which is another, frankly, 
a sign of communism in the United States, this censorship of any idea that goes beyond what is considered the acceptable form of groupthink that the modern left is espousing at any given moment. So I want to read to you really for just a moment from an article that came out just a few days ago. Uh, and you can find this on Fox News. I'll link back to it. It's actually all over the place because a study came out. But I'm going to read to you off of uh, Fox News digital analysis platform. And it says nearly 350 K through 12 educators arrested on child sex crimes in 2022. Seventy five percent of the arrests involved alleged crimes against students. Wow, you guys against students. A year long analysis conducted by Fox News Digital revealed that from January 1st to December 31st of 2022, at least 349 kindergarten through 12th graders were uh, educators rather were arrested on child sex crimes. The 349 educators included five principals, three assistant principals, 290 teachers, 26 substitute teachers, and 25 teacher aides spanning nearly every state in the country. Speaking of substitute teachers, if you have never watched the libs of TikTok, I want to encourage you, they're doing, they, they do a phenomenal job of calling out this uh, insane takeover of our schools. There's a teacher that filmed herself on January 16th and posted her video to TikTok. Uh, she's a substitute teacher, and I want you to hear what she had to say. Today, and there are many things I'd like to talk about, but today I would like to talk about how I am the political unrest that Cedar City needs. So besides the fact that I dyed my hair purple last night and I have two visible tattoos, I wrote my pronouns as Shiani up on the board. I was teaching 10th grade and I told this to all my classes and it wasn't until the last period where someone was like, what's the second pronoun? And so I explained, I was like, I do she, any pronouns. I do go by any pronouns, she, he, they, it, anything, but I am totally okay with you just referring to me as she. And they were kind of confused about it for a minute. And I was like, and you can't misgender me. So don't even think about it. I do respond to all genders. And this one kid just like looks down and goes, IQ 1000, my guy. Iconic, thank you. And I just realized that my hydro flask is in this video. And that's my I don't care what the Bible says sticker, which I forgot I left up at the front of the classroom when I was in the back office. So there you go. So that gives you just a window into what I'm talking about and what I have been screaming and yelling about now for years and years and years on this show. A parent who turns a blind eye to what is happening in the public school and just continues to put their child in there and says to me, well, it doesn't really matter or my kid goes to church with us or or um, sorry, but I have to go to work. I want you to think with me for just a minute, and I'm not trying to heap condemnation on anyone. I'm trying to get you to think about what is happening to your children. The Bible teaches us that the primary responsibility of parents is to train up their children in the way they should go. The Bible says train up a child in a way in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. There are many stories in the Bible that reflect poor parenting. And I think in a lot of ways, we are a lazy nation. We're certainly lazy as parents. We don't want to do the hard work of educating our children. And why would we when a yellow school bus will come and pick them up and indoctrinate them for free? Why would we do that? Why would we miss out on our nail appointments and our times at Starbucks and our opportunity to go to the gym and spend a little bit of me time when 
We don't have to do that because after all, the state is there and the state will come and take your child and the state will educate your child. And the, you know, I hear from parents all the time who say, well, there are, there are good Christian teachers in my child's school. Well, yay, I'm happy to hear that. But the vast majority of the teachers, even the Christian teachers that are in these schools have had their voices stripped and they have been silenced from speaking the truth. And we know this now because all you got to do is look at the DEI agenda that is being pushed into our schools, research conference of sex education. The number one issue that's facing our schools right now is whether or not they're going to allow men to use the girls' locker rooms. Our schools are failing our children. They are failing them in English. They are failing them in math. They are failing them in science. They're absolutely failing them. And and I would say uh, purposely deceiving children when it comes to the history of our country. And what are our children excelling at? Pronouns. What are our children excelling at? Comprehensive sex education, diversity, equity, and inclusion, critical race theory, you name it. They're excelling at all the things that are going to injure them when they become adults. And yet I continue to see a generation of Christian parents willfully, ignorantly turning a blind eye to the absolute tragedy that is unfolding right in front of us every single day via our public high schools and our public grade schools. We see parents at school board meetings now. If you haven't seen a video yet of a parent reading explicit material from books that they have found in junior high school public school libraries and high school public school libraries, you're living under a rock all over the country. And do not tell me that it's not in your area. Do not tell me that it's not in your little school. I'm not interested anymore to hear the excuses of lazy parents who don't want to do the hard work of parenting the children. Listen, you guys, these are our children. These are our kids. When are we going to care enough about them to remove them from these schools and to begin to do the hard work of teaching our children what actually matters, starting with right and wrong? There is such a thing as good and evil. Next month at MomStrong International, so I've been writing now for uh, for a while, a study that's going to release at uh, MSI next month, and I'm calling it irreplaceable, irreplaceable. And it's the, the, the whole goal is to talk about the life-giving, soul-steadying, or should be soul-steadying anyway, role of mothers. We have an opportunity right now to speak into the lives of our children. And if we're unwilling to take them out of the public school system, then we will stand before God and give an account as to why we allowed our children, who God says belong to him. He said that if any one of us uh, causes any our, our children to stumble, it'd be better for us to have a millstone hung around our neck and be thrown into the depths of the sea. This is how seriously God takes the upbringing of children. And we have sacrificed our children to Moloch in this country. We sacrifice them, obviously, through abortion. We sacrifice our children every day through the drugs that we inject into their bodies and the unwillingness to teach our children to eat healthy and to teach them what it means to be responsible. And we absolutely sacrifice them to the spirit of the age every single time we put them on a school bus and send them to a godless school to educate them in godlessness. And that's what's happening. And we see it reflected in our elections, right? 
So no longer, and I, I, I'm sorry, but I hear the Republican Party, you know, whining and complaining all the time about how they keep losing elections, but they're not doing the hard work of looking to see that we've actually lost the culture. Politics is downstream from culture. I watched Kristen Hawkins just a few weeks ago addressing a college campus, and she was asking the students if they thought it was the, the responsibility of the taxpayers of the United States to save the life of an infant whose mother had uh, taken it on a terrible journey, exposed this child to hypothermia and to hunger and taken this uh, long illegal trek into the United States. She makes it into the United States. Now this child is barely hanging on. Does the taxpayer have a responsibility to save the life of the child? And the students responded that absolutely, yes, it does. The government has a responsibility to save the life of the child. So then she said, all right, so now let's take this, let's take this analogy to the next scenario. And the next scenario is we have um, an eight-month-old unborn baby whose mother has decided that it no longer wants it. And so she goes in for an abortion and the abortionist administers digoxin. This is the, the uh, poison that is injected into the hearts of these young ones to stop their hearts and induce cardiac arrest. Now the child is, is then delivered. And oopsie, it's still alive. So then she poses the same question to these students at the university. She says, does the state have the obligation to save the life of that child? And the answer by the students, a resounding no. And when she asked them why, they said because the mother had already determined that that wasn't a child. The level of wickedness that is coming out of our schools is deafening. And the silence of parents to stand in the gap is even more deafening. Education is the front line. Education is the front line for teaching communism to our children. Education is where our children are learning that there are 475 genders and that your DNA is malleable and that if you want to become a unicorn on Friday, you can. Education, the failure in our education system is why other countries are rapidly surpassing the United States in almost every area. It's education. The National Educators Association, one of the most corrupt unions in the United States, pushing gender ideology, comprehensive sex education, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and critical race theory into the schools, and they're using your money to do it. And so I guess I just want to ask today, and I, and, I mean, you, you know, you can say, well, gosh, Heidi, you know, you seem a little upset about this. You're darn right I'm upset about it. These are our children. And what I see on the news every day and what I see via social media and what I see in my own city and my own town is alarming at best and heartbreaking at worst. And I guess my question is, where is the church on this issue? Churches, when are you going to open up your, your doors and say, hey, we're going to host a school here or we're going to have a homeschool cooperative? When are we going to, when are we going to start to see more homeschool resource centers pop up and, and uh, become arcs like the Noah's Ark of Education for parents who should be fleeing the public school system? And don't you dare tell me that you can't do it. You can do it. Someone told you that you can't do it. Someone told you that you can't teach your two-year-old basic math. Someone told you that you can't teach your five-year-old how to read. But the someone who told you those things are lying to you. You are your child's first teacher. 
You are your child's first teacher and God will hold you responsible. As a mom, I have spent, I don't know, 30 plus years raising children. And lately I've been thinking about with the divisive issues that are surrounding my kids right now with sex and gender. It seems that the very value of motherhood has been maligned and the mothers that I know so many, so often Christian moms are buying the line hook. They're buying the lie rather hook, line and sinker. We're being told that we have no control over what happens to our children and oh, it's too bad because the economy is just so bad. I'm telling you, I know that this is true because I watched it happen for the last two and a half years. If you thought that there was a virus with a 99.9% mortality rate in our public school system, you would pull your children out of that school and you would figure it out. And I'm here to tell you right now, there is a virus with a 99.9% spiritual mortality rate and it is in our public schools and you are leaving your children in there in disobedience to the Lord of Heaven's armies who has instructed you to raise your children and train them in righteousness. And you're fooling yourself if you think that you can put your kids in these schools five days a week, eight, nine months out of the year for eight hours a day and the little hour and a half that you get with them at home when they come home from school before in, in between the time that they eat dinner and get up back on their social media platforms and go to bed. If you think you can do it in that amount of time, if you think you can send your kid to a sloppy agape youth group and they can play games with their youth group uh, peeps and then go to church with you on Sunday and sort of check out and then go right back into the cesspool that is the public school and be, and come out of that unscathed, you don't understand the stakes of the battle that is being waged against the hearts and soul of your child. And we make, we make excuses for why we don't educate our own children. We make excuses for why we can't afford it, excuses for why we don't have enough patience. Listen, homeschooling is not about patience, by the way. If homeschooling is about patience, we should all just give up right now. Homeschooling is about resolve. Homeschooling or choosing to educate your children in a private Christian school where you at least have some idea of what your kids are going to be taught. And you know for sure that the teachers are not going to teach your kid there's 400 genders and they can be a narwhal whale on Thursday if they want to be. If you can choose to make that decision right now, and you can, I'm I'm going to urge you with everything that's in me to do it. Did you hear the headline that I just read to you? Did you hear it? Nearly 350 K through 12 educators were arrested last year on child sex crimes in the United States. There are teachers in our schools who have been disguised as activists. Now, listen, I know that I some lean in because I know some of you are listening to this right now and you're just at the jumping off place. But you're thinking, I don't know if I can do it. You can do it. God will help you. The Lord of heaven's armies will be by your side. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Now is the time for courage. Now is the time for resolve. Now is the time for you to say, I'm going to finally put my child's heart and soul and interests above my own, above my selfish desire to have a nice car or a nice house or go on that wonderful vacation. I'm going to invest in the heart and soul of my child because the time that we have to pour into our children is very, very short. It's very short. And if I had a nickel for every mother or every father that had come up and talked to me in the 15 years that I have been out speaking on the road about education issues that were heartbroken and said, I don't know what happened. I woke up one day and I didn't even recognize my own kid. I'd be a millionaire. But I'm here to warn you. 
in as stern a voice as I possibly can that if you are leaving your child in the public school system, you are leaving your child defenseless against the the assault of the enemy. And I believe that there are very few people who are actually truly in a position where they cannot do anything about it. Most parents can do something about it and they just don't want to. And that that is the unfortunate reality. And so as we wrap up today, I'm going to remind you again, we're taking uh, very proactive steps with regard to what we allow on YouTube now. And so uh, like tomorrow's conversation is going to be very, very hard hitting and very, very good. You're going to hear uh, David Figurazzo in his own words, uh, talk about something very serious that has happened in his family in the last year and a half, thanks to the mandates. And I'm, I can't put it on YouTube. And so I want you guys to come back and hear that interview and I want you to be able to see it. But uh, unfortunately, I can't I can't put it out on on all the platforms because we have communism in this country. Where is it coming from? It's coming from the public schools. I promise you that's where it's coming from. I'm praying for you guys because I know a lot of you are on the fence. I know you're thinking, I just don't know if I can do it. I'm going to be out on the road in just a few weeks, I'm going to be at Teach Them Diligently in Greenville, South Carolina, the weekend of February the 4th. Come out and see me. I'd love to hear what God's doing in your life. I'm going to be in Pigeon Forge. I'll be at the Alaska Homeschool Convention. I'll be in the Florida uh, Homeschool Convention, and I'm doing several women's events as well. And I just want to encourage you to be strong and courageous. God will finish in your children what he is beginning in them through you. But it's going to take courage. It's going to require that you be selfless. It's going to require that you do the hard work of mothering and the hard work of fathering and the hard work of, of being in there with your kids. But I'm here to tell you right, right now, if you'll do the hard work early, you won't have to do the heartbreaking work later. I'm going to say that again. If you will commit to do the hard work now, then you won't have to do the heartbreaking work later of picking up the pieces. And that is what so many parents are facing right now in the United States of America and around the world because the education system is corrupt and it is held captive by the spirit of the age. And yes, there are Christian teachers. And I'm going to end on this because I know some of you are going to write me angry letters and say, there are Christian teachers in the schools. Listen, I'm all for Christian teachers in the schools, right? But it is not a place for Christian children. It is not a place for Christian children. Christian teachers are missionaries in the schools right now. And your child should not be engaged in what, what my husband and I used to call missionary dating, right? We send our kids to the front lines. And I've heard so many Christian parents say, oh, my kids should be salt and light. There is a time for your children to be salt and light, but they have to have salt to give salt. And what's happening in the schools right now is proof positive that it is no place for Christian children. And so I applaud the Christian teachers that are in these schools the Christian administrators, the Christian principals, the people that are trying to sound the alarm and trying to say, hey, this is real. Uh, get your kids out of these schools. And for as many Christian teachers as are coming into the schools, I hope four times as many parents pull their children out. I want to thank you guys for listening today and for leaving reviews for the show over at iTunes and wherever you listen to podcasts. We also would appreciate it if you're interested in joining my women's Bible study. We're going to be studying for the month. We're finishing up Hebrews right now. We're going to be studying for the month of uh, February, 
a study on motherhood. It's called Irreplaceable, the life-giving, soul-changing responsibility that God gives to mothers. It is soul-sustaining, and it is your responsibility, and God wants to bless you in it. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you back here tomorrow with my friend, David Fiorazzo, at the intersection of faith 